on the first day of Christmas my true love gave to me three more listener stories. Beautiful. Thanks. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. I've thought about that all week. You're going to do this for every day? No, I'm really not. Okay. Because I, I, I can foresee that it will get very annoying very quickly. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the unannounced day one of the 12 days of Christmas. I feel like it needs a more um, horrifying name. Like what? I was going to call it Slashmas, but that sounds like you're going for a wee. Yeah, that sounds like just 12 days of you going for a wee. Which is not good it's content. Probably, you know, do you know what? Some people would be into it. <laughs> But not, the vast majority of people wouldn't. So are you ready for three spooky stories today? No, I'm not. But we're going to do it anyway. I know. Story number one comes from Nicole. I can't remember this story as I was very young. So what I'm about to tell you is what has been recounted to me from my mum. When I was four years old, I was living with my parents and my newly born sister in a downstairs flat. One day, my mum had my sister sleeping in a cot in her bedroom right at the back of the flat, and my mum was in the living room at the front. I came running into the living room asking my mum who the woman was bending over my sister. My mum instantly panicked, thinking there was an intruder in the house. She went into her bedroom, and there was no one there. My sister was sleeping peacefully in her cot. The door and windows were checked by my mum, but all were closed and locked. She went back to me and asked me who or what I had seen. I told her that a woman with long hair in a bun and a shawl was in the room bending over my sister in her cot. Because I seemed genuinely concerned that someone I didn't know had been in the flat and it wasn't something I would normally make up, my mum came to the conclusion that I had seen a ghost. Eight years later, my mum and grandma used to do antique fairs and on one of the stalls next to us was a woman who said she was a psychic. She told my mum she could see a woman with long hair in a bun dressed in Victorian clothes next to my sister. She assured my mum not to be alarmed as she was looking out for her and guiding her. Maybe this was the same woman that I saw. When I was in my early teens, I had a very vivid dream that my dad died. In my dream, I was sitting on a bus next to my sister who told me that we were going to visit my dad in hospital. The bus was empty apart from my mum who was sitting at the back of the bus and she was just sitting there smiling at me. When we got to the hospital a nurse appeared and stopped us from entering the corridor of the ward my dad was in. She said I'm really sorry but he's just died. In my dream I remember going into the room and it being filled with sunlight. The bed was empty and I started to cry. I woke up in tears and had to settle myself back in reality as it felt so real. As soon as I heard my dad was up, I ran to him and gave him the biggest hug and told him that I loved him, retelling him and the rest of my family about my dream and how vivid it was. Fast forward to my 25-year-old self travelling around Europe. We made it around 20 countries in six months. I kept in regular contact with my family, sharing photos and experiences of our journey, and in turn, them letting me know how their life was back home. In the last two weeks, I got a message from my mum telling me my dad had the flu. Over the weeks, it turned into a very serious case of the flu, with my dad unable to move, and then he had to go to hospital. I was talking to him and my mum asking if I should go back. They both adamantly told me, no, enjoy the last few weeks of your trip. It was nothing to worry about. A few days later, I got a message from my sister telling me I should come back now as my dad was really ill. 
When I got back, I was greeted on the doorstep by my mum. My dad had cancer. It was a very rare and aggressive form and it was incurable. He had only been properly diagnosed the day that I arrived back. We had two days of going back and forth to the hospital and my dad being in and out of consciousness with few moments to speak to him and tell him about my travels and telling him I loved him. On the third day, we got a call in the early hours of the morning. The nurse told us he wasn't doing very well, then we should go and see him now. When we got to the hospital, a nurse appeared and stopped us from entering the corridor of the ward that my dad was in. She said, I'm really sorry, but he's just died. We all walked into the room where he was, no tubes or equipment attached to him. After two days and a lot of pain, he finally looked at peace. We were sitting in the bereavement room when my sister turned to me and went, Didn't you dream this? I had forgotten about my dream until she mentioned it. It's still as vivid now as it was then with strikingly eerie similarities to the dream I had 12 years ago. I don't know if this was a premonition. It could be very much a coincidence. But the parallels between what the nurse in my dream said to what the nurse said at the hospital is too close to just be a coincidence. I like to think it was something preparing me for what was going to happen. We were close, but we were never the type of people to express ourselves through words. Because of my dream, I got to tell him that I loved him out loud before he was dying, and I'm very thankful for that. I think that's probably what it was about, having that opportunity to express feelings that potentially would have gone unexpressed verbally like undoubtedly the love between them was known by both parties because that's the nature of family but there's something to be something special about being able to express that as well I think and so given that dream being able to give them the opportunity to be able to do that was awesome and it's often hard I think to be able to express your love with your family in an effusive way because they're your family and it, yeah. it's it's which is so like that's such a weird oxymoron but like I get it you sometimes we don't express ourselves with our family in a very loving way and I just think it's lovely that you that the dream prompted you to do that mm. I also like the fact that her sister seems to have some old Victorian lady looking after her love that energy <laughs> so it's not only just looking over a crib but he's still knocking about eight years later just yeah, how special is keeping her sister? A, yeah, keeping an eye on her, making sure all is all right. I like that a lot. And I love the idea of a psychic affair. Yeah. Like, give it to me. Love yeah. it. Yeah. I'm hoping she was in some kind of old school caravan. Oh, I re- yeah, with loads of jewellery on, like yeah. loads of costume jewellery, some sort of turban. Yeah. Uh, yeah, into it. Yep. Yeah. And our second story today comes from Giselle. My first story begins when I was around 9 or 10 years old. My house was built in the late 40s, early 50s in an older part of my city. My parents were just beginning to do renovations on my house and I had, at the time, the smallest room in the back of the house. One day I found a pair of old wire glasses in the old bathroom cabinet. I knew they didn't belong to anyone in my house. I put them in my drawer for safekeeping. That night... I was having normal kid dreams. It was Justin Timberlake doing my hair, which I know is weird, when all of a sudden my dream changed. In my dream, I felt someone pull on my braid and a creepy, guttural, but childlike voice says, I want to play with your hair. I forced myself to wake up and I roll over in bed, 
to see the creepiest thing ever. It was a little girl with a green velvet dress, black hair with a black-eyed Susan in her headband, the wired glasses and the blackest eyes I've ever seen. Even as a kid, I knew her eyes meant that she was something bad. But I reached over to try and touch her and she disappeared. I felt something cold and thin in my grasp. And lo and behold, there were those fucking glasses that I put in my drawer that was on the other side of the room. I switched bedrooms with my brother after that. But I would, and sometimes still do, wake up to my door wide open and a black shadow darting across the hallway out of sight. My next story comes from 2015. I was working my first job as an RN in a paediatric hospital. Being a new grad and a new hire, I got stuck with the worst hours, but whatever. On one of my first weeks on the floor, I got told by the receptionist, let's call her Ava, that in one of the rooms on my floor an exorcism was done on a patient. No one is put in that room unless there is a ton of overflow because patients and family would complain of a bad feeling and ominous presence. I was talking about it with Ava one night, when only she and I were on the floor. I was kind of messing around and saying that I didn't believe it was real. I went to get something out of the cabinet in the nursing station and I feel the hair around my bun getting tight. I have a lot of hair and it's long, so silly me thought it was my rubber band pulling at it. It happened a few more times, each time slightly more aggressive. I went to ask Ava if I had something in my hair or if my bun was stuck in my scrubs. Before I could open my mouth, my hair gets yanked hard and my rubber band goes flying across the room. It hits the opposite wall and slid down slowly. I stopped looked at Ava and asked her if she saw what I saw. She nodded and I packed up my stuff and sat next to her for the remainder of my 13-hour shift. Needless to say, I didn't last long in that job. I haven't had many other experiences with the hair-obsessed entities, but I seem to be attracting weird things lately. I have this weird thing that no matter where I am, no matter how exhausted I may be, I always wake up at 3am this will come into play later. Lately I've been feeling like someone was watching me. Out of the corner of my eye I would see figures darting out of my sightline. It's been getting more and more frequent. I've also been hearing people calling my name when no one else is home. The other night I had what feels to be the most terrifying experience of my life. I was in that weird spot when you know you're asleep but you're still dozing off. When I started feeling this intense pressure on my chest and neck, I started to gasp for air in what I thought was my dream and I forced myself to wake up. My room was pitch black and my dog was snoring at the foot of my bed. I blinked and then I felt something ice cold press on my arm. I look up and see what appeared to be my mom pulling back the curtains and peering out my window into the yard. When the streetlight hit her face... I felt the pressure on my chest get heavier and I wanted to scream. It wasn't my mom. I started to panic because I couldn't move. It was this creature-like thing, blacker than oil, and what seemed to be rows of teeth looking out my window. Its head was elongated and it had glowing white eyes. It was massive and I could feel the weight of it on my bed and on my legs and chest. I felt its other hand press hard on my neck 
and it took all of my strength not to pass out. I was at the point where I thought, oh my God, I'm going to die in my bed. I started praying, saying it wasn't allowed here and I wanted to be left alone. I prayed to every deity I knew of. I finally started saying in Our Father when it yanked its hand back, hissed at me and melted away into the shadows. My dog finally woke up and started growling at the corner of the wall. Finally, I was able to breathe. I checked my phone and it was 3am. The last and most frightening experience I've ever had, I brought onto myself. We own a ranch property that's about two acres and has a natural spring bubbling up on the property. It's also situated right next to a riverbed. And as you guys know, flowing water tends to be a conduit of electromagnetic energy. Thanks, Zach Bagans. About two years ago, I bought a Ouija board at the local bookstore as a joke. You have to be 18 to vote, but you can summon the devil at eight, apparently. (laughs) I brought it to the ranch and decided to play with my three female cousins. We were just messing around with it and started to get some answers. The entity spelled out male, hang and cotton. I should mention that there was one of the trees on the property is a kapok tree, which blooms like cotton balls. We were talking to the person when all of a sudden the energy changed. It got really dark and heavy and the air felt staticky. The planchette began doing this rainbow motion and now looking back at it, it really should have been a warning sign. I asked the gender, age and again I got no response. I asked if it was a human entity and it responded with no. My cousins were getting nervous and uncomfortable but I, like an idiot, pushed through. Once I asked it its name, it responded with dead, and then afterwards, baby. After it spelled out baby, the planchette shot backwards and hit me in the stomach hard enough to make me lose my breath. I closed the session and hid the damn thing. They all swore they didn't touch it, and I believed them as they're not very good liars. Afterwards, I casually asked my dad if there were any debts on the property. He said the original owner and builder hung himself on the cotton tree. And when I tell you I almost shit myself, I am not kidding. The next day I woke up with three scratches horizontally on my stomach and a giant handprint bruise on my thigh. My cousins had handprints on their arms and there's no way any of us could have made those marks because we all have smaller hands. Now here's the messed up part. When I was 19, I suffered a miscarriage. To this day, almost 10 years later, only six people are aware of that fact. There is no way they could have known that. And they still don't to this day. That is like four solid gold spooky experiences, isn't it? Yes. That's too many for a lifetime. Yes. <laughs> Far too many for a lifetime. I don't let the go the little obviously little girl ghost not not in my ballpark of nice things, but imagine imagine reaching for it grabbing it it disappearing but then having the glasses oh my gosh oh i would i i honestly i don't know what i do with myself because she oh, this this person obviously has very lovely hair that even entities from beyond the grave are loving her hair and you know i'm jealous of that to be honest yeah, yeah i fair. am jealous of it because there's two hair stories right yeah there yeah. was the hair pudding that i want to play with your hair justin timberlake visit- visiting her in dreams to do yeah. her, to her hair and now we've established that Christine Aguilera is a gin and Justin Timberlake is a demonic entity. Yep. I knew it all along, to be honest, to be really frank. <laughs> I was very aware of this. I also 
feel like people are very brave playing the Ouija board. Like the amount of people that write into us about playing the Ouija board. I know. I know. We've we've talked about this, kids. You've got to stop. It's not for something to be messed with. Never leads to anything good ever. It's the devil's board. <laughs> I don't know. I also don't like the, the dark entity with the layers of teeth because there's something about having multiple layers of teeth that freaked me out. Well, there's two like people. Sharks have multiple layers of teeth. We, we me and you, yeah. as two human beings, have do have an abnormal amount of teeth, though. Hmm. So maybe some people look at us and think that we're demonic empty, uh, empties. Emp- empties, demonic empties. D- demonic <laughs> entities because of the sheer volume of teeth. <laughs> it's like demons have their own milk delivery service and they leave them outside. Demonic empties. Yeah. It's ectoplasm though. Mm-mm. Oh, I just said that yeah. and I just didn't yeah. think of... No, you didn't, did you? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just genuinely, genuinely creepy s- stories. I don't like any of them. None of them are good. None of them are positive. This is why I'm never ready for this stuff. And our third story today comes from Kirsten. As a bit of background you'll need to know for this story, my husband is half Dutch and therefore he called his grandfather Opa and my daughter calls his father Opa as well. My daughter is a happy-go-lucky kiddo. For more background, we bought a house a few years ago and during the hunting process, my husband would look to me after seeing a place to ask if I felt anything. Sometimes I can tell if a place has activity, but I'm no professional or medium. I've had a few meaningful experiences, but those are another story. This house we bought didn't scream out anything major, just a feeling of multiple residents, probably one or two passing while living there. Before my daughter came along, John, my husband, would feel something watching him while sleeping, but only when I wasn't home. I travelled a lot for burlesque for a while. He would let the dog on the bed and would feel a bit better, but the feeling never went away while I was gone. I knew there was two somethings in the house, one with a particular affinity for what would become the nursery, but that did never feel negative, but the other I was never so sure. Despite having a very non-intimidating basement, I always felt like someone is watching when I go down there. But nothing of real notice had happened in the house before my kiddo arrived. My daughter started babbling and waving to someone at around six months while in her crib at night. I started seeing and feeling that someone was watching from her closet, which only has a curtain for a door, but I still never got negative feelings. One night, however, I was trying to test the cry it out method to see if that worked for my kiddo and put her down in her crib, sang some songs and told her goodnight. She started crying the moment I walked towards the door, but I reassured her and still made my way out. I turned on the monitor and proceeded to wait the instructed ten minutes. My husband was out, so everything was locked up except one window cracked in the living room, which was on the street side of the house. This wasn't a super cold evening, but chilly enough for an infant that her windows were all closed as well as her door. I was in the bedroom next to her, which meant that I was nowhere near the cracked window or the street. I sat there, hoping her cries would ebb, but she went strong. It was a predictable cry. And then I heard, through the monitor, her cry out, and in response, a deep male voice responded, Wah! Wah! I almost screamed as the voice responded for a second time to her cries, 
and I was up like a shot and into her room. No one was there. I picked her up and took her into the bedroom and she slept with me that night. I suppose I could have been someone walking late at night along the street but we live in a very quiet neighbourhood and it really sounded like the voice came from the monitor not the living room. I suppose it also could have been someone hacking into the monitor but it's not a wireless one so less likely and whatever it was it freaked me out. Shortly after that, another night where John was out, I was chatting with my mom while I cuddled my little one. I took her into the nursery to change her diaper and we kept chatting. We were ending the conversation and my mom goes, Oh, I'm glad John's home. I said he wasn't. And my mom proceeded to tell me that she had distinctly heard a male voice say hi to my daughter using her name. And I had not heard anything. Another day, while playing with my daughter in the living room, I saw something dark walk quickly from our bedroom to the bathroom. I was freaked, but didn't say anything, as I didn't want to worry my husband. But then my kid looked up at me and slowly turned to look back at the area where the shadow had just rushed through. My friend, who's a sensitive, was over one day, and we were in the living room playing with my kid. My friend looked towards my daughter's room and said, There's a woman in that room. I was a bit shocked as I had not told her anything about the activity that had started. She proceeded to tell me that the woman was a former resident and approved of how I was parenting. I'll take that as a compliment. She then went on to say that the woman was the reason the other entity didn't get up to too much mischief. The other entity seemed more masculine, but my friend wasn't sure, and not completely negative but more indifferent to my child and me. She told me a few ways to put up protection in the nursery, and said that if we just explained that we were not okay with the two spirits messing with our kid, they'd respect it, especially the woman who was just enjoying watching her grow up. Things settled a bit after that. I often felt the woman watching, but everything kept their distance. Another night when John was out, I was changing my daughter into her PJs. The dog was with us, and the cat had gone down to the basement to do whatever she does. I started hearing a creaking of a floorboard that is in our bedroom, John or I can make it creak, but the cat, dog, and at the time our daughter were all too light. I heard it about three times, trying not to think about it before my daughter started going, Opa! 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 I looked at her, and with as much confidence as I could muster, I said, Oh, is Opa here? She nodded, looking at me, straight into my eyes, and said in all seriousness, Good man. Now, one, she'd never put those two words together, or said man before that moment, and her grandpa on John's side, who we call Opa, was very much alive and in Florida. When John got home, he pondered on whether his grandfather might be visiting to say hello. He has a tendency to do that with his other family members. A few days later, we were eating lunch, and I remembered his sister had a picture on her Facebook of his Opa. We showed it to her, and said, who's this? And she immediately went, Opa, pointing straight at him despite another person being in the picture as well. It was beyond freaky, but he was a very kind man, so if he's here, we're totally okay with that. She woke up on Halloween morning, and while getting her change for the day, she started pointing towards a random spot, saying, Happy birthday, Grammy. I said to her that that was kind, but it wasn't her Grammy's birthday. My husband then said, It was my grandmother's birthday, though. 
it could have been random, but Grammy is the name she calls my mom. But it was still kind of weird. Odd things like this continue to happen around my daughter from time to time, but have ebbed off as she's getting older. I think she's getting more distracted and interested in other things and doesn't notice anymore. Though I wouldn't be surprised if her interests ever go towards the paranormal. It's like you always say. Kids are just more intuitive. Yes, they are. 100% grandparents were visiting, isn't it? And I just... Generational ghosts. Love that energy. Like, I do love that. I think that's really sweet. I mean, I would shit myself, but I would also be like, okay, that's far nicer than demonic man growling and imitating your child no, crying see, over the monitor. See, I'm not reading that way. That just sounds to me like a stereotypical grumpy old man. Not used to having kids around. Kid is crying. Most sarcastic response you can give is wah, wah, back at the baby that won't stop crying. I Okay, I see that. I feel like if he was really aggressive, they would have known more. They would have seen more aggression from him. Actually, maybe he's just grumpy. And maybe the other old woman is his missus, just keeps him in check. <laughs> I mean, you've you've spun this into like the nicest rom-com love story in the world. And I'm here for it. So if you enjoyed today's episode, there will be another one tomorrow. Because, as you have previously established, this is the 12 days of Christmas. And it's very exciting. And I can't guarantee there won't be more singing tomorrow. Oh, there absolutely will be. I'm already thinking of the next carol that we can butcher. I'm into it. I'm here for the singing every day. And on that note, we shall see you tomorrow. Merry Grimble. <laughs> <laughs>